Hey there, ladies. Welcome back to Being Eve for another life-changing episode with an amazing guest who joins me all the way from Canada. I can't wait for you all to meet her and hear her heart, her story, and all the amazing gems that she has to offer each and every single one of us as we emerge and continue to emerge into the women God has created us to be. So without further ado, Ladies, let's jump right into it. Welcome to Being Eve. I'm your host, Casey Alexis, and this podcast is designed for the everyday woman who seeks to do more than just survive. You want to thrive. The goal is to inspire, empower, and encourage you as you find commonalities within my story and the stories of some extraordinary guests. Join me as we dive into this brand new episode. Jessica Robinson Grant is a clinical social worker and Christian therapist who is deeply committed to serving marginalized and racialized populations through community organizing and capacity building. Jessica has a honor bachelor's degree in sociology and master's degree in social work. She humbly serves people of all ages, races, and creeds and religions. But over the last nine years, she has had the life-changing opportunity to provide support to black bodies, mainly in the areas of transition and post-traumatic growth, while focusing on emotional wholeness, wellness, and a healthy faith and Christ-based spiritual life. Jessica is an ordained minister in her local church and has authored two books, She is also a host of a weekly podcast entitled She Speaks Truth. Ladies, help me welcome Jessica Robinson Grant to Being Eve. Hi, Jessica. Welcome to Being Eve. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. Yes, I'm excited too. And I know uh, many of the listeners say, Casey, you always say that. You always say you are excited. But I truly am because each woman that is selected to be on this podcast, I truly believe is the divine selection. Um, mm-hmm. There, You guys are invited, right? No one ever reaches out to me and say, hey, I want to be on the podcast. So I truly believe is a connection that mm-hmm. God just creates. Um, And so I'm just excited to learn from you and to learn from your story and to grow. So that's Mm -hmm. why I say I'm always excited about having guests on the podcast. It's an amazing, amazing opportunity to learn from another sister. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm I'm super, super excited. I don't even remember how uh, we connected. Um, Obviously, the, the power of social media, but... Um, I'm super, super excited to be here. So thank you so much for having me. Yes, we actually did connect via Instagram. And Jessica has her own podcast entitled She Speaks the Truth. And I listened to just one episode and I was like, oh, yeah, this is my type of lady. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm so excited right now just to have you on and for the ladies to get to know you um, and get to know your story. So right now, I'm just going to invite you to tell the ladies who you are. Who is Jessica? 
Yeah, for sure. So um, my name is Jessica Robinson. Well, technically Jessica Grant. Um, I'm married. I've been married now for four years and a bit. This year is going to be our fifth year. Um, Yeah, God is good. Uh, But I haven't changed my name yet. (laughs) Um, I know, right? (laughs) I'm still walking around with, with my maiden name. Uh, but that's okay. Hubby loves me nonetheless. That's um, right. Right? Um, but yeah, so, you know, married, been married for four years. Um, I'm a believer. I love Jesus with all of my heart. Mm. He is everything to me. Um, without him, I don't know where I would be. Um, I grew up, so I'm of Jamaican descent. So my, my mom and dad and most of my family are Jamaican. Um, but I was born in Canada, so I'm in Toronto, Canada. You see, I didn't um, know that. I didn't know really? you were Jamaican descent. No, see, here yeah. we got the Caribbean here on the podcast, because I'm, I'm a Haitian <laughs> descent, and you are oh, Jamaican nice. descent, and look at that. Yes, you see? Hey. yes. <laughs> yes. so I was, I was uh, born in Toronto, but Jamaican descent, mm-hmm. and um, I was raised in Antigua. Um, Yeah, we moved a lot. um, But that was just indicative of just, to be honest, just a lot of instability um, in in my childhood. Um, So I grew up without my dad. I I know my dad, but him and my mom were not together. Uh, So I grew up without my dad. um, And I am the eldest of three siblings Mm. um the three of us and so you know I've kind of had to like raise my siblings um because you know my dad wasn't in the household Mm. and my mom had to work a lot that kind of stuff so we grew up in a lot of poverty low-income neighborhoods um that kind of thing I was abused as a child um when I was uh, from the age of six to the age of eight and I think that not I think, I know that that shaped a lot of my identity mm-hmm. um, in a positive and a negative way. Um, I'm a strong believer in post-traumatic growth, and that's the therapist in me. So I'm a therapist as well. I have a master's in social work. Um, so I just opened my practice Yay! today. Congratulations. <laughs> Love it. Thank you. Um, so I just launched my practice today. I have a very strong passion for um, mental health and the church. Mm. Um, I did my research paper on the role of social work in the Black church. And a lot of it is honestly just indicative of my own journey, to be completely honest. Like my own journey and the things that I've seen and heard and all that kind of good stuff. So, yeah, that's a little bit about me. I feel like I'm I'm talking a lot. So, <laughs> I'm sure that folks will learn more about me uh, as we as we dive into and dig into this podcast. Yes. So there's so much. First of all, you're not talking a lot because this is actually <laughs> all about what Jessica is bringing to being Eve because they hear me talk all the time. <laughs> so this is a nice break from my voice, but there's so much mm-hmm. to uh, unpack about mm-hmm. um, your story because being from the Caribbean, a lot of that, unfortunately, is something that happens in regards to sexual abuse. And um, yeah. yeah, one of the things that you mentioned, which I thought was, wow, I've never heard that before. But again, that's the therapist in you, post-traumatic growth. Mm-hmm. Can you explain mm-hmm. that? 
For sure. So it's just this narrative because like a lot of the times when we talk about trauma, there is this aspect that, okay, yes, you heal from your trauma um, and you live through your trauma also almost. And those things are not bad, but that aspect of post-traumatic growth is knowing that there is life after trauma. Mm. That for me is huge. Yes. There needs to be a, a light at the end of the tunnel. There needs to be a way to know that this doesn't have to be my life. Um, and there's life after this. And for me, as a Christian, as a believer, uh, that for me lies deeply in the scriptures. Yes, it because does. Because the, the word says that... Um, when John, you know, he was speaking uh, in in First John or Third John one and two, he said, "Beloved, above all, I wish that your soul will prosper." And like when you when you search the the context of that text, it's really saying that God wants us to prosper. Like he he came that we may have life mm. and have it more abundantly. He wants us to prosper in our lives. He wants us to prosper mentally, emotionally. Like prosperity is, is a lot of times people focus it on, you know, material things, but it's so much more than that. Because I'm sure you know as well, uh, Casey, that like you can like have all the, you've, we've seen people have money and all these different things and they're so miserable. Yes. yes. Right. And they're so broken. And so for me, that aspect of, of soul care and post-traumatic growth is holistic. Mm. It's like God wants us to be holistically well and that's why he came and died on the cross for our sins like he came that we may have life the scripture in that same scripture it says that the good shepherd laid down his life and if he laid down his life then why wouldn't he want us to be well so that's the the ideology behind um i mean there's a more humanistic approach to post-traumatic growth but i'm a christian therapist so that's my biblical approach no i love Uh, it to, to post-traumatic growth and thank you for that explanation um because so often I actually say it on the podcast but I'm no therapist um just with my own experience of how with me when I was sexually abused how it's it stole a lot of my years and it was mm-hmm. it was heavily a part of who I was like you said it took your identity all in a way and yeah you don't realize it because you're so silent for so many years about it that you don't yeah, realize yeah. it has become your story and yeah. it's not until you heal and um with doing the work right through the power of the holy mm-hmm. spirit and going to therapy mm-hmm. and all that great stuff that you come out and you're like wow like i really am this new creature in christ jesus the yeah. old is indeed yeah. passed away and behold here is new and so yeah. thank you so much for sharing that explanation because that just blew my mind right that was like post-traumatic <laughs> growth oh wow so no is that yeah. the positive side of it because you said that there was a pot there were positive and negatives to what transpired in your life and i'm like wow positive what was the positive mm-hmm. in that experience um, for me, the positive was, as you said, that that aspect of post-traumatic growth mm. in that um, I'm very big on lived experience, like particularly as a therapist, as a preacher, I'm big on lived experience. Mm. I, I, I am just so big on like somebody being able to show me the path that they have walked and show me how they walked that path. Mm. And so that for me is, has always been my life and my journey. Um, as much as there are textbooks, as much as there is school 
There is nothing to me more powerful than hearing somebody else's story of triumph. And so that's been the positive aspect for me where, you know, there's been so many times I've come in contact with people who have gone through the same thing that I've gone through. And they're just like, Jessica, how did you make it through? And I'm able to journey with them. Like, this is how I made it through the situation. And my post-traumatic growth has been the crux of my ministry and the things that I do mm, you know what I mean right. it has been it has been the crux of, of of everything that I do um I'm a big believer in experiential learning and so as an experiential teacher and learner um that has been the thing for me it's like this has been my experience it may not and we may have we may share similar experience we may not approach it the same right but but this is this is this has been my my experience and this is how I went through it and it just it really helps to be um to serve as a tool of empowerment um for other people I feel um because they're really able to see hey if so-and-so went through and they were able to get through it I can do it too Amen. And uh, it's funny that you say that because that's the biggest thing about being Eve and um, mm-hmm. what I truly believe there's power in, in your storytelling, right? Mm-hmm, like the Bible mm-hmm. says, people are drawn to Christ by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And mm-hmm. so I truly believe in that so much. Um, but mm-hmm. one of the things that I wanted to ask you about uh, when you mm-hmm. shared your story and what I felt was like so profound is when you talked about your first mental health breakdown um, back mm-hmm. in 2017. My question mm-hmm. to you is what were the signs? What were some of the things that you were experiencing that led to that? Because mm-hmm. it just didn't happen out of the blue, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. how what can you share with the audience that they can relate to like, hmm, I, you know, I'm feeling this way sometimes or I'm going through this at this moment. So what were mm-hmm. those signs? I think the signs, to be honest, were always there. Mm. Um, but I think it just came to a point where it's like a boil over. Yes. It was like, it was just like, yep, it's time to bring it to the surface. It cannot be contained anymore right. kind of thing. So I think what ruptured it is um, burnout, to be honest. Mm. So I was like, I was doing the most. I mean, I was busy beyond uh, you should comprehend kind of, yeah, like it was ridiculous. And so for a lot of people, you know, the trauma is there, but there are different things that may um, rupture that trauma or may trigger rather is the word that I will use that would trigger that trauma. So um, it may be burnout, stress, um, the way somebody spoke to you, um, all of these different things. But I think what it was more than anything, it was a trigger. And then it brought me back to childhood memories and, mm. and different things like that. But I think I was just, I was overworked. And when you're overworked, it's hard to guard your heart. It's hard to guard your mind. It's hard to guard your emotions. When you're burnt out and you're tired, all guards are down unless you have a wall and a guard are two different things. So you can have a wall up um, where you're, you're all hardened and whatever, but the guard, the guards are down. Like somebody says something to you, you're probably easy to snap Mm. or something happens. You're easy to snap. And for me, 
that's what it was like I was just I was a mess man like I can't even like I was so depressed I was so anxious but what it really was um and and there was a mental health component to it as well where um I wasn't dealing with certain things and so um it could be something as small this is this is like a little therapist nugget Mm -hmm. I guess um but it could be something as small as a change in seasons that triggers you (laughs) you know what I mean there's so many things that can trigger you that you don't even know but that's why we have to like like that's why I call it soul care I don't just call it self-care because self-care you know is a good thing but I have found that our culture has made self-care to be very uh superficial I agree yeah but soul care is so much deeper. So then when you are practicing active soul care, if something does happen, you're like, oh, I'm recognizing that there's a change in my emotions. There's a change in my mental state. There's a change in my physical body kind of thing. Right. So um, I, I would say um, that that's kind of like, it, it's, it was so cumulative. It was multifaceted for sure. Um, so yeah, I hope that answered the question in a good way. Yes, it does. It does. Um, it does because I I wanted to highlight that piece because a lot of times people don't know what to look for, um, mm-hmm. when to get that help, right? When to yeah, really sit yeah. down and say, "Wow, something's not right," um, because yeah, we've yeah. grown so used to just throwing it under the rug and I'll deal with that another time or I can't stop I have to work I can't stop just to take a break I still have to take care of these kids you know so I just wanted to make sure to capture that so that the audience understands like this is what you can look out for how have you been feeling lately right really track your emotions and your feelings so thank you so much for sharing that no problem can I add something absolutely so I think that it's important that we don't see soul care or therapy or any of those things as only as an intervention Mm, but also as preventative right so if you have gone through any type of trauma there is something there like any type of trauma death somebody died um so there's grief there uh, any type of sexual abuse emotional abuse physical abuse any of those things if you have gone through any type of trauma there is something there it has to because trauma alters the brain right trauma alters the brain I I won't get into a deep like scientific way of how it alters the brain but it alters the brain and for a lot of the times we're living in our fear response so our amygdala and our, our hippocampus we don't even realize that we're doing that right so if you've gone through any type of trauma or anything like that it's okay, like, even if you don't, quote, unquote, you can't touch it, feel it, hear it, smell it, whatever, it's there. And before you know it, it's going to begin to stink. Yes, that is so very true. And that means everybody mm-hmm. should have therapy. <laughs> Absolutely. Every single human Absolutely. being in the world Absolutely. needs to have a therapist. And Particularly Black folks. Especially. All, I don't know a Black person that hasn't experienced trauma I mean I could be using a blanket statement but I don't know a black person that hasn't experienced I mean you trauma. just said death and everyone experiences a loss of of, of a family member a summer, one. yeah so to me every single person needs to see a therapist and I know for our community there's so many stigmas and I want to get to that eventually um to mm-hmm. talk about that 
But one of the things I I want to capture from your story is you mm-hmm. decided to begin your journey of healing. What mm-hmm. did that journey look like? What did you first decide that you needed to do? Honestly, I slowed down drastically. Like, I was busy at church. You would think I was the assistant pastor. Like, I was doing everything. I was on the choir. I was on the praise team. I was on the youth leadership team. I would do altar ministry. Like, I was doing everything. And I cut back. I cut back because the thing is, I had to realize that my trauma put me into high achievement mode all the time. Mm. Like, I was super, well, not as much anymore. I'm a high achiever from a positive and healthy standpoint. But I was a high achiever um, from a very negative standpoint. And so the first thing I did, honestly, was I slowed down. Um, There's this book that I read that, like, is one of my favorite books of all time. And it's called The Emotionally Healthy Leader. Mm. And it's by Pete Scazzaro. Um, and honestly, that book shifted my trajectory, shifted my perspective, um, and just helped me to slow the heck down. So I would say that would have been my first thing. Um, following that, I, I sought therapy because I was like, this thing is getting worse and it's just coming to the surface. Um, and so those are the two main things that I did. See, that's interesting that you were in the church and you mm-hmm. were experiencing all of this. So this? much <laughs> much like me. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So my question to you is, with the sexual abuse, did you ever tell anyone about it? Um, I was very vocal about okay. it. So um, I think I became more vocal about it in like 20, 2014, 2015, because I wrote a book called Journeys of Godly Woman. Um, and in that book, actually, I should do a comeback with that book. Um, mm-hmm. In that book, you call it like an anthology or like a collective of stories of different women who've gone through different situations. Right. Um, and so in that book, I talked about my abuse. And that's when I was like, who, when I was about to publish the book, I was like, oh, I should probably tell my mom about this. Like, I had never told my mm. mom. So I was, I told my mom when I was 25 years old that I was abused. And she was like, what the heck, like, why didn't she say anything kind of thing. So I was vocal about it, but I think as it became a part of that journey and in that storyline, I was more vocal about it. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Um, It's interesting because, you know, being in the church, you would think that, you know, especially ministry leaders and anyone working in the church, would be Mm -hmm. completely delivered right it's like that nope (laughs) healed (laughs) set free and i've worked in um a mega ministry before and let me tell you i've never i've seen the most hurt people yeah and the most people in bondage working in Mm -hmm. the church um Mm -hmm. and so this is why i'm so excited to speak with you and i'm so 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 very happy that you've launched this new business i hate calling it a business because it really (laughs) is but at the same time i feel you yeah Um, but i i love that you're doing that because there's so many hurt people in church and oftentimes because we have been so churched we we're not real 
and yeah. we wear this nice little mask and we know how to talk the talk and walk the walk and inside we're battling all of this stuff and so it took a lot of courage to probably go to a therapist you know what I think because I was in the therapeutic space mm. it was normal to go um it it did take courage though to like I remember my first therapy session was so uncomfortable it was like felt like I was squirming out of my skin I absolutely so therapy is not comfortable healing in general is not comfortable Mm -hmm. it's it's very uncomfortable uh but it's so it's so amazing at the same time it's like a beautiful mess um and it's funny because I think it was actually yesterday I made a post on Instagram and I said that like Therapy should be a part of the church's discipleship um, model. And like, you know, people are like, well, what we, that wasn't a part of the model before. It wasn't a part of the early church. Listen, the early church did not deal with what we had to deal Amen. with. We cannot co- contextualize some of the things from the early church to today. Like it's, it's completely different. Um, so as you talk about like working in mega churches or like church leaders being some of the most hurt people, I think that, being an emotionally healthy leader is like, for me, one of the biggest things. And that's going to be something that stems out of my practice where I want to intentionally pour into leadership because healed people heal Amen. people. And so if you have a bunch of broken people at the top, you're going to have a bunch of bro- broken Absolutely. people at the bottom. Period. So, yeah. And you know, it's funny when you talked about how, um, I guess in the comment section where people were saying, you know, the first church didn't have that. But who says mm-hmm. I can just I can literally go to conversations that I'm, I'm remembering in scripture now between Jesus yeah. and the disciples that Listen. was very much like a session. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just like, yeah. yeah. So yeah. we yeah. can't. I think it's the perspective on how we look at scripture. Right. Because yeah. um, for me, scripture is a blueprint. It really is yep. a blueprint for every believer. And especially yep. uh, when Jesus was here on earth and his interactions with um, the 12 disciples. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I have to question when people say, well, th- that wasn't in the first church. Uh, really? <laughs> let's, let's, yeah. let's go back to the Gospels a little bit. <laughs> yeah. We also didn't speak Greek. Yes, like, exactly. <laughs> like, chill. <laughs> we speak English now. Oh, like, my goodness. Um, so many therapy sessions within those, uh, those pages. But uh, why do you believe therapy helps? Oh my God, it is so, it's so transformational. Mm. It is so transformational. Um, my therapist is amazing. I love that woman. <laughs> um, she is, she's amazing. And what's funny is, this, this is actually so hilarious. So, or I don't know if hilarious is the right word or ironic. So I started off with a Black therapist. Mm. Because I was very adamant about a black therapist. Mm. Um, and I think about three to four months in, I was like, okay, where's this going? Like, what are we doing here? And I remember I was like, okay, I remember feeling a prompting from the Holy Spirit to kind of like switch therapists. So I did. And I found a therapist. She was a white therapist. And I was like, mm, Jesus, like, are you right. sure? Like, I need, personally, I need a black therapist. Anyways, if God tells me to do something, I'm going to do it. Let me tell you, sis, that this lady is, like, 
connected at the feet of Jesus. Mm. Okay. Especially for me. And that's why Christian therapy is so important to me because I don't know if you saw this, but there was an apology made by the American Psychology Association um, to the, 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 injustices or whatever that they've done to black people at, in the mental health space. I have not seen that. And, girl. And I was praying, I think it was yesterday, and the Holy Spirit brought back to me just how faulty these structures are. Mm. You get what I'm saying? What people need is in, yes, there's the humanistic approach. What people need is a biblical approach to attend to the issues of their heart. So bringing it back now to my therapist, I'm there sitting with her. Um, This lady says to me, "Mm, I'm sensing in my spirit that you have mother wounds. I was like, first of all, I said, you're in my head. I'm like, you're rude. Like (laughs) me and my mom are fine. Like my mom is fine. But girl, when we dug deeper, she was like, I'm not going to push, but I really sensing this in my spirit. Mm. When I tell you there was so much to unpack there, wow! I was like, wow. So long story short, therapy is transformational because there are things that a therapist is able to, 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 to see, to, to help you to journey through. And it's really just, um, somebody put it this way. It's somebody helping you to put on, um, another pair of lens helping you to see a different perspective mm-hmm. right because all of the times when we're in our stuff we're in our situation it's hard to see the good right. in it, or it's hard to, to 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 see that we can get out of it and so that's those are the different areas in which therapy can p- provide support it really helps you to feel supported you know it really helps you to feel like this is not the end I don't know if you know the song uh, by Rich Tober, I think that's mm-hmm. his name. But I'm alive because there's mm-hmm. more. Like therapy can help you to can help you to feel that way when you're going through anxiety, when you're going through depression, or any of those um hard seasons in your life. Mm. I love that because I I, I am. 100% a person that believes that therapy is so needed. I went through it myself, had the same experiences and I had a Christian therapist and it does make mm-hmm. a huge difference having someone yes. that can take heed to the power of the Holy Spirit and and can mm-hmm. dig into those places that only the Holy Spirit can reveal, right? It's like, oh yeah, you got yeah. mother with yeah. Ooh, wait a minute now. <laughs> Ooh, <chat. laughs> and so Listen. that is so important. I love that you shared that. Thank you. So one of the things that I really want to dissect is the stigmas. Because although the mm. conversation is happening more and more about mental health mm. and therapy um, within the Black community, I really just want to highlight why it's so important for us as women. Um, because mm-hmm. we go through so much. I was, I was talking to God one day and I was like, Lord, you know, from the time a, a girl child is born... Um, depending on what kind of family she's born in there, you know, there's sexual molestation, Mm -hmm. then there's puberty, Mm -hmm. then there's, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, marriage, and then there's pregnancy. And there's just so many dynamics that a woman goes through. Um, And then when she gets older, there's... um, PMS, <laughs> so, right? Yeah, yeah. And then she goes to yeah. There's so many 
uh, and I'm not a doctor, I'm not a therapist, that mental changes that happen, even when through pregnancy, yeah, yeah. your your mind changes, yeah. your hormones are up and down all over the place. I'm like, Lord, there's so much that happens to us mm. as women in one lifetime. It's just so, uh, so much. much yeah. I really want to just highlight that stigma, like, ladies, please uh, invest mm-hmm. in your mental wellness and your mental health. Yeah. That's good. So yeah. what's the stigmas there? What are, what are some of the stigmas that we can just knock down right now for these women who are listening that may be bringing up these stigmas right in their mind right now about mental uh-huh. health? What are some of these stigmas that we could just totally destroy? I think, honestly, it is rooted in this aspect of, like, the strong Black mm-hmm. woman. Hey, ladies, we're going to take a quick break, but we'll be right back after this message. So that concludes part one of this amazing soul care series. Jessica Robinson Grant will be joining me again this Thursday for part two. Right here, same time, same place, no other than being Eve. So make sure you ladies have been jotting down notes. That's very important with these episodes. You want to be able to go back and reread all the things that you were able to grab from each episode, okay? So we'll be back this Thursday. See you soon. Well, ladies, thank you for tuning in. I hope this episode blessed you as much as it did me. Before we depart, a quick reminder to head on over to the show notes where you will find all the info to keep in contact with being Eve and to learn more about our guests. Make sure to let them know Being Eve sent you. Last but certainly not least, ladies, don't forget to review, share, and subscribe. This is your opportunity to let the whole world know where we gather for absolutely free. As always, ladies, please continue to love, live, and thrive without losing the authentic you.